Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Above the Fold with the Ag Communicators Network. I'm Kelsey Litchfield with Colin Callahan Consultancy and C3 Studios. Today's episode is brought to you by Whiffles Hybrids. Today I conclude my mini-series of Let's Talk Gear with Stacy Mayo Martinez, CEO and Head Connector at Martinez Media and Marketing Group. Now, as a podcaster myself, I was super excited, of course, to record this episode and talk to Stacy about her podcasting journey, the gear she uses, and what she's learned along the way. And I will say, podcasting can be low cost to get into. You, like we'll talk about, you can purchase a USB microphone, plug it into your computer, and record away. But as you'll listen in this episode, it takes much more effort and strategy to have a successful podcast. So let's dive into Stacy's interview. All right, Stacy, just tell me briefly how you got into podcasting. I'm curious what your journey has been like. So I um, actually started my personal podcast um, when I was still in a previous role, um, when I was working for somebody else, and I missed interviewing people. Um, that had been part of the first half of my career, and I really missed it. I was not in a marketing role, and I really wanted to um, interview folks because, like I said, I love to get people's stories. But at the same time, I, I kind of did an analysis and I just knew some really cool people. And that goes back to being a connector. It is one of my superpowers. And I oftentimes think I don't always know the person, but I know the person that does know the person. Or I, you know, I just, I feel like personally, I'm really good at getting people's stories. And so because of that, that I felt that podcasting was a way to bring that together. I like to write, but not as much, nearly as much as I like to interview. And so I felt like this was a sweet spot. Now launching my personal podcast that came with a lot of other promotion and writing and everything that needed to happen with that. Um, but that's where I personally got started in doing and hosting a podcast and having my own. And then it led into producing podcasts for other folks. How long ago was that when you started your personal podcast? Yeah. So I started it in June of 2020 and it's, uh, it went for about a year, went on hiatus because when you start your own company in the meantime, uh, if it didn't make money, it kind of had to be set aside while we got our company up and running, but we're going to relaunch it here in Q4 of 2022. Um, my personal podcast, I'm really excited because now I have a team to work with because otherwise doing a podcast on your own, it, it's a lot and can lead to a lot of, of just burnout by the time the episodes come live. Yes. Uh, producing, editing, hosting all on yourself is a full-time job. And I don't think many people realize that. Yeah. It, it takes, if you want it as a side gig, um, you have to be very passionate about what it is you're doing, but yet you still want it to reach people. And if you want it to reach people, you still have to market it like you do anything else. And um, I think you also, my big thing of when I put it on hiatus, I actually even have episodes recorded for the next season. I just wanted it to have a purpose that I knew this is where I wanted it to go in the future. And um, with where I was and with where our company was, we needed to take some time off and figure out what made sense. And that's why I'm excited that kind of the stars have aligned and um, relaunching it here later this year is the perfect timing to do that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Stacey, take me through when you started podcasting, what your gear and equipment was and to where you are now. Cause I know as a fellow podcaster, I did not have the same equipment 
you had to do what you had to do to get started. And then the hope is put some money into it and then get some better equipment. So can you take me versus when you started to what you have to what you have now? So um, I had a little bit of help because my husband and business partner is in, um, does video work and has a lot more familiarity with tech. And so he did a lot of the research for me and um, starting in spring of 2020, when we were really laying this all out, it was a podcast boom. And so there was a lot of information out there um, of who to, who to look for. But we knew we wanted to, um, we, we kind of did the opposite and we did invest up front because I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I don't want to have to replace it three months down the road. When I see things slightly different, um, I didn't want my equipment to be limiting. So I didn't go completely top of the line. I still don't have the sure mic that all of the top podcasters do that I would love to. It's also not great for my voice, but um, so what I did was I went with the road system with the roadcaster and got the road pod mic and um, invested in that. So it came with the, the soundboard and I learned all of that from scratch and really just figured out what sounded good, but also did a lot of YouTube learning and mm -hmm. um, did that all on my own. I was not even a podcast listener um, until I really decided I wanted to do a podcast. And then I became a lot more familiar. I was still, um, I, it was really beginning of 2020. And so I, I would listen and say, okay, what do I like? And what do I not like? How do I uh, make sure whatever I don't like about that podcast doesn't happen in mine. And I think that's really important to be a critical ear because when it's just your voice, you got to make sure it's the right voice and we don't all have a radio voice. So how do we, what are those things about listening to podcasts that detract from the content itself? So, mm -hmm. um, so technically I got the pod mic and, and the roadcaster, the first one, haven't upgraded, even though I kind of want to just because the new one has some different bells and whistles, haven't needed to, um, but that's what we use for the uh, my podcast. We have a, a, some different tools that we use when we go on the road for um, recording for clients, but that's what we've used for mine as I do all of mine virtual. Mm -hmm. I, I also started, um, we took the opportunity when I first launched to do video too, so I know the all and true podcasters would say it's no longer just a podcast because it's on video or on YouTube. But to me, I'm a marketer first. And I felt like there was a big audience that we would miss out if we didn't do video. And so that helped because I already had the cameras, the lighting, everything um, again with our, um, with our setup, but that really depends on what we're doing, which camera and lighting we use. Right. If you go online and this is just a a uh, nugget I've learned. BH Photo is a great website that I've used. Maybe you have used, and they offer these kits and bundles because I've learned there's there's two different types of ways you can do it. I have a USB microphone for the time being, it's a blue microphone. It plugs right in USB to the computer. But your setup is different and using XLR codes. Is that is connectors is that correct so can you explain how it's more of a little bit more of using a soundboard rather than just plug and play into your computer yeah so i recommend the blue microphone if somebody's getting started or even if somebody just does pod or webinars and they need to present mm -hmm. they need to have a better microphone the, the blue is one that i recommend i'm like okay you can spend about a hundred dollars depending on where yeah. it is or around there get a mic that's going to help your voice sound better 
than your built-in microphone or than at least your headphones. You know, at yeah. minimum, I say, put on at least your your head earbuds, whatever you have of any type, and use that. Next step is to get something like I said, the Blue Yeti, something that's a USB plug. You just plug it in. Your computer should recognize it. Any of your programs you use to record should recognize it, and you go. Because we went with the soundboard, and that's what you need for the XLR or some sort of a device that's going to be your mixer, um, that's where we could use the XLR microphones. Um, there are a couple of advantages there. That's usually a higher-end microphone is going to run through XLR. I, I am not the technical whiz, but a lot of it has to do with how that sound and recording is transmitted. Mm -hmm. The other advantage of XLR is you can go further distances with an XLR cable um, that it keeps the sound better. And like I said, we do some on-site podcast recording for a client and we have to stream and pull those cords out very far. And even then it really depends on the type of microphone that you want because of your situation. Are you recording on site where there's lots of sound and you want that ambient noise because it fits in with the, the theme or the, the look you're going for, I guess, not the look, the sound, that would be the word for podcast, <laughs> the sound you're going for, for your podcast, or do you want to cut that out and be able to backfill whatever noise you want to? Right. Right. Definitely do your research. I commend you. You reach out to Stacy or I, or the podcaster, you know, cause there's a lot of different options out there to definitely get started and record. And that's just kind of one side of it. So now you're set up with a microphone. What do you use to record into? We're doing this via zoom. Um, I've looked into other software I haven't committed yet, but I want to. So I'm curious what you're using to record. So I would say a couple of different things. Again, one, if you're doing it in person, you're going to have to have a soundboard or something to mix in multiple microphones. And um, there's a, a Zoom P4 that you can put up to four microphones. It was talked about at Ag Media Summit by the other speaker this summer. And it's it's great. It's very inexpensive. It doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles, but it puts in multiple microphones into one place and you get one recording. And that's really what you need. The other thing is when you're recording, it's important to always make sure you have a, a headphone output. And I like to make sure to say we're in person that you can also give everybody else. Everybody hates hearing their own voice, mm -hmm. but you need to do that because it really helps you focus. Depending on if you're using a soundboard, which soundboard you use, they will actually edit yourself out and you just hear other people. That's a lot nicer experience for recording, um, but that doesn't have to be the case. You just, you tell people to get over it and they do once they start talking, they, they don't worry so much about what they're saying. Um, but especially in a very crowded, loud environment that helps them to focus on the conversation and really right. tune out what's going around. So, um, so that's, that's the physical hardware that we use there. That's all built in with the roadcaster for online virtual recording. Um, I've, I've kind of explored it all. Um, and again, with one of a couple of things with zoom, if you, if you want it to do video, you can use, um, a lot of times now you can actually use a camera and actually plug that in. And it depends. You can look at things like capture cards. If you're not able to, if you're computer doesn't recognize your camera just by plugging it in. There are some tools out there that you can use. Um, and that's what I do. It's just a, a little converter that plugs into the micro HD, um, micro HDMI of my computer. 
sorry, of my camera into my computer. Um, so if you're using Zoom and you want to capture video, I would say at least for video, use a camera if you have it. Um, mm -hmm. It's just going to be a little bit better quality. Yeah. The other thing is um, depending on how you want your sound, how many people is how important it is to separate the different um, the different people speaking. I, if you, I, I do one podcast that will have at minimum four people up to six or seven. Let me tell you how much noise people make in the background and they don't yeah. realize it when yep. they're not the one talking. Mm -hmm. So you either get to be extremely creative or there's a couple of different platforms that allow you to get separate, um, separate audio streams. You can get it now with zoom. The one thing with zoom is that you're going to probably have to go sync up the audio because it is not, it doesn't always stay in sync with each yeah. other. So it depends on how much post editing, um, you want to do there. A, a, another program I use is StreamYard. I like that because you can, you, you can join from any internet browser and, um, it's pretty easy. Most people use that you, if you look at StreamYard on YouTube or Google it, it's a lot of people are using it for actually streaming onto Facebook or YouTube live. You can use it for just record only. Okay. So you don't have to go live quote unquote live with it. And that's a program that I use because I can record, I can control how many people are on the stream. I can be in the background and listen if I'm just producing it and want to make sure I know what goes on. Um, and you can control some of the graphics. One of the hard things about StreamYard is you can't control how big people are on screen. So if you have a graphic that you want there to be something at the bottom, if you have two people, it will take up almost the entire screen and your graphic won't show. So there's some of the good and the bad of that. It just depends again on how much post editing you want to do. Um, right. StreamYard, if you, unless you pay, I think it's the professional, there's a couple of different levels, the highest level at the, at the middle level, it's like $35 a month. It's less than $40 a month, which is not that bad to have that capability. Also with StreamYard, you have a different link for every recording. So mm -hmm. there's that. Um, and then, but you can pay more to actually separate out the audio but then you still get what they call audio drift that it doesn't always stay in sync yeah. with your video. So something right. you have to, something you have to pay attention to, uh, another platform that is not as popular, but one I use quite a bit for virtual video recording is called Riverside. And with Riverside, um, one of the reasons I like it is because it actually records on each, it, we get an internet compilation recording, but it actually records on each person's computer as well. And the reason I like that is because I, um, with some of my clients record in other countries and sometimes they have very spotty internet coverage, but when, what it will do is after the session has ended, it will upload that person's video and that person's audio from their computer only. Now I am prepared to do the post editing that I mm -hmm. want to, to sync that up, but you will always get, because it's not the internet audio that it's recording instead it's the actual audio housed there. I, I do get a better quality there. So, mm -hmm. but one of the nuances with Riverside is you can only use it from their app or from Google Chrome. So it then it depends on how, um, tech friendly who you're recording. It. Right. And yeah. that brings me, that brings me to my next question. I don't mean to interrupt, but no, that's, that's what's okay. been holding me from Riverside is the user-friendly of it. I've tried it a couple different times and the other person, the guest has troubles 
um, logging on. That's why I've stayed with Zoom because a lot of people know it. But talk about prepping your guests to come on to the podcast because you want their audio to sound good, but maybe they don't have the equipment that they need. How do you prepare them um, to sound as best as they can when it comes to audio wise? It really depends on who you're talking to, I think, as well as who your audience is. How much do they care? I guess is um, a little bit of it. The The one thing that's interesting is if we go back, I don't even know when it was, maybe 2018, uh, latest 2019, when that um, that interview happened on BBC that some gentleman had the kid crawl in the background, right? And his wife came in and got the kid. That was literal news. <laughs> After the pandemic hit, people have a lot more grace yeah. for tech difficulties or reality. Mm-hmm. So again, you're listening on a podcast, but you're also competing for listenership, right? Against a lot of people that don't have the same level. So I think it's, you have to consider how uh, your audience, because that's who you want to keep in mind as far as how long do they have to listen? What flow do they want? What information do they need to hear? And then also how much grace will they give you? So if it's somebody that listens once, the audio is not great and they'll never come back. You need to keep that in mind with the microphone as well as the platform. If it's somebody that gets it and things happen, then I think that's what you, you just consider. I've seen folks actually put together kits and they've decided that it's incredibly important to them. They maybe do one or two podcasts a month and they send those kits out to their guest. And maybe it has at least a blue Yeti, you know, Yeti mic, like we talk about the blue mic that has a USB-C, right? So you should be able to plug that in, but oh, by the way, they might have a Mac. So you might want to at least send in that kit, the adapter so that that's at least you're getting that good quality audio. Um, the other thing is there, it's, you can do more in post-processing than even when I started two years ago, but that all just depends on how much time you have to spend at it too. So Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where you decide what the priority is. If you want the good quality audio, I would say you send out a kit and you send in a return address and you need to have multiple because they won't ever return it right away. But if they already have, you know, a padded envelope or whatever in that kit and they just, you know, have a paid stamp and they just have to put it outside or do a drop off for FedEx, then that's good to consider. Yeah. And I think that's where you decide how important is it and how much grace is your, yeah. does your audience give you? Probably one good thing that's come out of the past two years is people have done more virtual interviews. So either they've gotten used to it, they found out what has worked, what hasn't worked. Most of the time I find the built-in microphones are good enough. And you're right. That's where you decide, is it worth it to send a kit, depending on what your budget is, maybe how often you podcast or is it, is it just what you said? Good enough. I've kind of established my own test. I call it the lawnmower test where, cause I listen to podcasts while I'm mowing. And if I can put my headphones on, I usually put my earbuds in and then I put my um, big blocky headphones on top to cancel out the noise. I think, can I hear both sides of this podcast? And that's my lawnmower test when it comes to audio, especially for the podcast that I do. Um, but what you said earlier you listen to other podcasts and that that kind of helps you go along to decide how you want to structure your own, um, how you want yours to 
how you want yours to sound, things like that. Um, how important, I guess, is audio quality to you? Thinking of other podcasts, thinking of your own and how you want it to sound. I would say I try and get it as good as I can, but I also am not a person that edit out every ums and ahs mm. because it's a natural thing we do. Yeah. Now we all have our safe words that we go to when we're thinking of what we're going to say. I can tell you, I can see mine on a, a line on an audio line. I literally know what it looks like because I did it a lot. And part of editing myself helped me be a better interviewer because I, I made myself stop doing that so I could quit taking them out. But I think sometimes people want it to be just perfect. And that goes a little bit um, back to the done is better than perfect. And I think the other thing is we all don't talk perfectly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you want that person that you're, if you have a guest, you want them to sound intelligent and you want them to sound like they have a complete thought. However, it's okay if if they have to get there, um, mm -hmm. I think at times. So that would be, I'd say number one, that it's okay to have some grace that it's not perfectly said. And with some pause and some filler words as, as they call them. The second thing I would say is with audio quality levels is incredibly important and enthusiasm. So if you are interviewing someone, or if you have a co-host and it's just the two co-hosts, you need to be equal with each other as far as energy level goes. And as far as audio sound level goes, um, I used to listen to a podcast that one of the, um, the host was incredibly energetic and, and great to listen to. And the other person that hosted just drew down the conversation and it was a, a company that hosted this. And that person was in the position that needed to be the co-host, but was not the right personality for a co-host and not everybody can be a host. And I think that's also important, but the other thing is their levels were so off that when I was listening, I'd have to constantly turn it up and down. And that was one of those things that if you're mowing, you can't do that, yeah. right? You're, yeah. you're engaged, you're doing something. And so that was, I would have to listen to that podcast when I could actually pay attention to change the audio up and down. And so I think that would be another thing, almost as much as quality is levels and, um, and flow can be, can be, and should be considered. Mm -hmm. Yes, most definitely. I use Adobe audition. What do you use to edit? So because I, um, like to do video when we can, I will usually, um, use final cut is my preferred. I used to use audition and, or premiere. If I was doing um, video, if you do a video podcast, I'd say you edit the video and then just strip out the audio mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, there are some editing, um, softwares that if you don't want to invest in like Riverside actually has some built in editing and they're continuing to tweak it. Another one is, um, Descript. I've never used that, but I've seen that recommended a lot. If you're an Apple user, you can just use GarageBand. It's built in with your computer. So um, I think that's one of the things is, again, allowing people to have some platform to use and it doesn't have to be perfect and you're always going to get better. But mm -hmm. I am a big, like I said, I'm a big fan of keeping in those filler words, some of those filler words. If you have a big pause or somebody's talking in a big circle and it takes way too long, that's where you edit some of that out. The other thing I found as an interviewer, I would get really excited about the topic and I would talk more. 
And so I had to change that flow. If anything, editing out was usually me getting, I wanted to showcase the guest versus me as the host. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that's where I had to edit out, but that's, um, yeah. So I use final cut and you can use final cut too, or like premiere or whatever, if, if you're using audition, but you can use some of those video softwares too, if you already have them, even just to edit audio as an how did how did you learn to use those programs? That's a question I get because it is a learning curve. I used Adobe Audition when I interned at RFD Radio Network here in Illinois. Um, like I said, it was a learning process. Did you use any tutorials or just was it just learn it as you go? Yes. <laughs> All the above. Um, we, we knew video editing, um, from my husband's side of the business, but, uh, I didn't know audio as much as I knew how to put the story together on the video editing. So I was hundred percent self-taught on final cut and I am going to be hard to go back to anything else. There's times when we use Adobe, there's times when we use final cut and there's times when we use DaVinci in our regular workflow, um, when it comes to video editing, but, I really found my sweet spot and how I liked what made sense with Final Cut. Many times you have to know enough to know what to even look up, right? I think that's one of the big things mm -hmm. is um, if you don't know what to Google, you don't know how to find, how to learn how to do something. Um, mm -hmm. in, the, in the world of YouTube, I think that there are a lot of resources out there um, I think also, um, you just decide what you want to spend your time on. There's also people that'll just edit podcasts and that's what they do. And they're really good at it. So if you have the money to invest in that, and then you don't get burned out because you're not listening to yourself, okay. number one, but number two, you have somebody else that's doing that expertise for you, for you. It makes a big difference. Then you get to look at it more objectively. Mm -hmm. If you're doing the recording, the editing, producing, reviewing all of that on your own. It is hard. Um, it's overwhelming. Um, mm -hmm. but if you decide that's what you're going to do, those are some things that, um, YouTube just YouTube it and, and, or pay for somebody to do some one-on-one -on -one lessons with you. It, it is time well spent. If you've never touched audio, um, I would definitely look at that and say, okay, how do we how do we, where do I invest? And I think, yes, your equipment's important, but if the editing is not good and the final product is not good, it doesn't matter how good your microphone is. Yeah. Your time is important. Yes. And like we said in the beginning, podcasting can be a full time job between if you do every single task and it, it, it's, it goes, there's different phases to each side of the production to get everything wrapped up into the episode and, you know, push it out. Um, can you talk Stacey briefly about how you try to get better with your own craft? Um, I know for myself, every episode, I learned something new. I have mentors that help me say, well, you could be more concise with this or offer some great feedback. And I, for one, don't like listening to myself either, but you know, you get used to it. You learn about it, but can you talk about how you try to strive to get better in terms of podcasting, hosting, editing, anything? Yeah. So I would, a couple of things, one, learn to take feedback so hard for all of us. Right. And especially if this is your passion project, it's really hard for someone to critique it. Cause you're like, I know, but I care so mm -hmm. much about the topic. 
But if you care so much about the topic, whether that means you pitched it to your CEO to do, and this is your thing, so you have to prove it, or you're a podcast junkie and you're jumping in yourself, you have to be open to critique, um, number one. Number two, I think find people to your point, whether it's a mentor or just somebody that's going to give you good gut check reaction and have them listen to it and record a couple. Don't do seven and then have somebody give you feedback, right? Because you're like, well, I already did that many. Is it even worth it at this point? Would be one approach. The other thing is I actually hired a coach and mm -hmm. um, it came at a recommendation for one of my guests who they are huge photography um, YouTubers, Tony and Chelsea Northrup, and I loved watching them. And she said, we, we used this guy. And that one, I was like, okay, they are one of the top photography podcasts and YouTube channels on, you know, online. If they used him, probably good investment, but it's also a good reminder that coaches need coaches too. And so I think just because you are an expert of something in your area, you may not be an expert in this. And so it's okay to go to people to get that objective opinion. The other thing is I paid for it, then I knew I was going to listen <laughs> and mm -hmm. that I thought their, um, their opinion was valuable. And so I think that, um, if you can invest in it, I would recommend finding a coach or somebody that you can, if, especially if you don't know the right type of people that can give you that from a technical standpoint. And then on the flip side, who is your audience? You need to find two to three people that are your actual audience and say, okay, I need you to listen to these. And then I, tell me what you think. You know, I, you are who I want to talk to. What do you personally, do, is this information good? Is it the right length? What do you like and not like about it? They may not know about sound levels, you know, or they may not know about, um, background noise, but they just think, you know, it's okay, but mm -hmm. the audio's, you know, audio is distracting. They, they don't always know how to tell you the technical side, but it's good to get that feedback. And I think so many times as marketers, we get really great feedback from other marketers, but unless obviously unique in your case, who you're marketing to marketers, mm -hmm. it's important to go to your audience and actually see if it resonates, because that's a lot easier to sell it up to the client or sell it to your boss that you can say these three farmers that are who we're talking said, this is what, the, you know, this is what they said about it. And I think, um, that's where, you know, that it's quality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Other thing that I would say is while I'm a communicator, I love numbers as far as what can it tell us. And it's important to look at the numbers. Now that doesn't mean if you don't reach a hundred less listens in your first five episodes that you're failing. What it means is, are you maintaining, are you keeping people and growing the number that you have, or are you, you know, did one have a really great, um, a really great listen. What had a really good, great listen about it? Was it the format? Was it who I targeted? You know, what are those things that help that be successful? So I always think track the numbers and see what it tells you is always important to learning as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Um, the other day, Spotify sent me a number that's that was like over 5 million or something like that. And it says, is your podcast on here? It was just an advertisement. I thought, wow, that's a lot of podcasts and some of them may be 
actives. Many probably aren't. Um, but what what is your advice to people on getting to stand out in terms of podcasting? I think it's know your audience. Who are you actually talking to? And um, I can personally say this is a little bit of what I went through when I when I did my podcast at first. Uh, my focus was called it was focused on personal professional development. So I was focused on mid mid managers that wanted to grow and maybe didn't have the tools within their job or within their own budget to go out and find ways to grow themselves. And so I wanted to talk to people that wanted to challenge themselves. I, like I said, a lot of great episodes. I don't regret anything I did, but it was too broad. And I had a really hard time because I wanted to talk to all of those people. And that is something that I'm really good at coaching my other, my clients too, but not as good for myself. And so that's why when we relaunch, I'm really excited. We're going to focus on women entrepreneurs. Do I think other people can get value out of what our episodes are? Absolutely. But me knowing more about who I'm talking to really helps me know what that person needs. What questions are they trying to answer and how do I provide those answers to them? I think is that the other thing is what is your format? And that can stand out. Mm. Is everybody in your area doing interview podcasts or are they all doing solo podcasts or is there a mix, you know, look and do an evaluation of who would you be competing with on that topic? It doesn't mean, and, and I think with that, just like we do any sort of almost product launch, right? This is what you're doing. You're launching a product. It also look at what works and what doesn't work in the category. And if it's maybe that it, people aren't doing it, is it that it doesn't work or is it that nobody's tried it? Mm -hmm. And if, if you try it, then how do you try it? And I think that's, um, that's how to get out there and, mm -hmm. and make yourself stand out. I think the other thing is it's important to market and where are you marketing your podcast? It's not just a build it and they will come mm -hmm. or the millions of podcasts that are out there would be successful. Um, you have to continue to target it. And so if you have, um, if you are a company and you are talking to your target audience for that podcast in other ways, are you putting your podcast into your emails? Are you putting it into your social media? When you look at social media, where are they on social media? TikTok is a huge place to get just a general consumer of who listens to podcasts, but are your listeners on TikTok? If so, figure out how to record yourself a video, whether that's a snip clip of the podcast, or that's just you recording. You don't have to dance just to be on TikTok. Uh, and so find out what that means and how to do that. So I think that's a big thing is it's really hard to do a podcast as a standalone that's when I call it your lead. If your podcast is your lead and you're just launching a brand new brand as your podcast, which is what I did, it takes a whole lot of effort. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing about marketing is people think, um, a lot of times you see it, especially, um, there's so many different podcast groups on Facebook, which is great to go in and listen and learn and ask questions. But you hear time and time again, well, I had this really famous person as a guest and they didn't share it. So how do I get them to share it? Well, guests are going to be two ways. You're either going to be valuable to them. And so they want to share it because your audience is who they want to talk to, 
or two, they are valuable to you. You are able to use their name, but you may not fit into their marketing. So first one, you always have to ask, will you share this? We'd love for you to share it. And even better when you give them graphics or tools to share, but two, don't expect that someone else is going to carry the weight of your podcast mm -hmm. as far as marketing it. Um, and that's, I guess I would say that's one of the biggest hurdles. I hear a lot of people that, well, I interviewed, you know, I interviewed Joe Rogan and he didn't share it. Well, you mean nothing to Joe Rogan. So he's not going to share you, but you can capitalize off of his name. That's great that he got you that, um, and, and do that. Um, but that, those are a couple of things with marketing and standing out is one. I think you always have to keep in mind who is your audience what do they care about? And then the other thing is if you as a host are in your audience, make sure you still separate yourself from that because you as a host are expert enough to be hosting. So it's important that you don't look at that and say, that means that, um, I, everything I think is what my audience thinks. No, mm -hmm. you, have, you have the answers that your audience is looking for. So that's, that's a balance there too. Mm -hmm. What podcast do you listen to that you would recommend that says, Hey, they do an excellent job of having great audio levels. They do an excellent job in their style. It can be different ones, but do you have any recommendations of a great podcast people should reference to? Oh goodness. I, should have prepared for that. Um, I think it really depends on what you listen to podcasts for. So, um, I, you said you listen to podcasts, um, as you mow, I listen to podcasts in the shower. <laughs> so I have a very short, like as I'm getting ready in the morning and I, 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 I was reading a newsletter or something on LinkedIn the other day. And somebody said, I got to meet somebody. I listened to the podcast and I said, I shower with you every Tuesday <laughs> because that's when their audience can, you know, that's when they're, they came out. And so that's what they listened to personally. I listen also because it's ideas that I want for our business. And so that's, I get kind of amped up in the morning to think about work, um, get going. And so on the, on our business side, I really like the gold digger podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a lot of episodes too, that I'm like, mm, that's not for me, but she puts out enough episodes that I really like it. Um, and yes, I am literally currently looking at my podcast to make sure I have it. Um, I would say another one, um, that I, I like to listen to is, um, social let, and that is again, one on more on, on social, um, media and things that I don't want to go out and explore and learn about. Otherwise, um, I like to listen to, I also think in ag so many times we get very in our bubble. And so it's good to think how is the rest of the marketing world doing things and what can mm -hmm. I consider from them? I, um, I love listening to the farm progress podcast, because I think it's a great way to just get a top level what's going on in the industry. I also really like, um, AgriTalk again, mm -hmm. I don't sit, I'm not in the car anymore. I'm not commuting. So I don't listen to, uh, to radio as much. And so I like some of those, some of those podcasts that I would listen to normally on radio. It's also that they've turned it into podcasts that I really appreciate. And then, um, I also, an, another one that I like is, um, uh, picture this, and that's actually the Northrups. Like I said, we're, we're on to, into photography and videography. They it's a, a 
podcast about photography and videography. So it's not something that I will go out and seek out information, but I like it because they're, mm-hmm. they're exploring different issues. So those would be what I would say are some of my top podcasts, but I've also explored different business ones as an entrepreneur. I've looked at different ag ones over, over time. What, what do I need to know about for my clients? Um, and I also am always up for new recommendations. And like you said, sometimes it's a great mowing podcast or it's, you know, a better running podcast and those different things. Mm-hmm. I, I never really got it when I was driving a lot, I would get into the, the crime Mm-hmm. Uh, crime junkie. junkie. Yes. Yeah. Because I would be like, Oh, I need another one. And so I would kind of, but I'd wait until they were all out and then I would binge listen so mm-hmm. that I could hear them all at once. Mm-hmm. So but, yeah, that's kind of, those are some of my top ones though. There's so many different styles, the ways to do a podcast. Not everyone's just a straight Q and a, um, like you said, some people do a solo cast, which means there's just one person talking to a microphone. Um, I, I really enjoy Guy Raz, who used to be at NPR. He does How I Built This, I believe, and he's actually launching another podcast here soon. And he does a mixture of a Q&A package style and puts music into the background. And that's what I encourage clients, individuals who are looking to start a podcast, listen to different forms, styles, see what you like, see what you don't like. And not necessarily copy, but figure out what you can do and make it creative. You don't want it to sound like everything else you've heard. Yeah. And I think ask your audience, what Mm -hmm. podcast do you listen to and how long do you prefer? And it's good to hear what are the ones they like. Again, that may not be your target for them. Like they may be listening to a crime podcast. And that's good to know because then, you know, they kind of like that format, um, or at least they're open to that long form format, but, um, you know, but you're going to talk to them about business. And so what are those different things again, figuring out what they like as well. Um, but I agree, listen, binge watch and, and be critical. If you say, I don't really love this, but I don't know why keep listening and keep asking yourself, Mm -hmm. why is it that I don't like it? Um, Mm -hmm. what would I do different? Yes. What would I do different? That's perfectly, perfectly summarized up. Stacey, I'd be remiss if I didn't let you do a plug for your own podcast and how can people get a hold of you? Yeah. So you can tune in now listen to all the back episodes. I have over 30 episodes. My personal podcast is called connect change and challenge. We're keeping the name, but we'll relaunch it here um, towards the end of Q4 in 2020. And I'm really excited about that. And then my other passion is um, really helping folks find their way with their podcast. And a lot of that is I had a lot of great coaches and mentors that helped me. If that's something you're interested in, um, as an individual or as a business, I actually have a package that we do that you, um, you, you get five hours with me. What you want with those five hours is a hundred percent up to you. It could be what platform should I host on? How do I find stats? What's the format, whatever that looks like, um, folks can do that. And then we, we do full service, um, podcast production as a team. I have a whole team of, um, folks that work with me from my intern to my writers and, and they really help pull those all together. And so, um, that's something we do too. I am really proud to say we just produced our, um, just launched this week, our 52nd episode for our first podcast production client. And they are one that has 45% of their views are on YouTube. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. So that's why I say, and they're, they're targeting, it's the real science exchange and they're really targeting animal nutritionists. So, mm-hmm. um, you never know who your audience is. And if they don't listen to podcasts, they may watch YouTube videos. So those yeah. are things to all consider. And, um, it's a great world. Don't be intimidated. And also don't feel like you have, there's only one way to do it. So I think, um, figure out what's right for you personally, what's right for your tactics in your organization and, um, go for it. There's, there's, there's a, there's less rules in podcasting than I think any other marketing form on the market right now. So it's scary because you don't know for sure if you can do what you're going to do, but there's no right or wrong answer for where you, where you host, how long it has to be, how many episodes in a season, what the format is so that's there it's wide open for interpretation. But I think to your point, listen, um, take in a lot of information and, and try it. You can always make changes. Mm -hmm. Let your creativity flow. Absolutely. And, and don't be scared to make, take chances. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's not, it, it doesn't mean that you're cemented to that's exactly what you think. Um, but I think as long as your listeners know, and you're open and honest with them, people like to connect with you, especially if you have a host, they want to connect with that host and they want to, they want to be their friend. And I've, I've had many times I actually, I, like I said, I haven't launched an episode in over a year. And I just met somebody about three weeks ago that said, Oh, I listened to your podcast. And I was like, Oh, that makes me so happy. I promise more is coming. So, um, they want to connect with you as a person. And I think in the society we have right now, we really crave that. Mm-hmm. Stacy, how can people reach you directly? Any social media or on your website? Yeah. So, um, feel free. I I'm most active. I try to be on LinkedIn. So please look me up there. Stacy Mayo hyphen Martinez. You can also look us up. Um, our company, as many of us do, we're really good at marketing other people, but we don't always <laughs> Not get ourselves, ourselves marketed. Yeah. Um, but you can find us. Our website is, um, Martinez media marketing.com. And, um, we have an email address there. So feel free to reach out. Um, love to talk to anybody that has questions and just see, get you started in the right, um, down the right path. But there's so many great ag, um, folks that are involved in podcasting that it's a, a very welcome community. And we'd love to have more folks join us. Great. Stacy. thanks for joining the above the fold podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you to Stacy Mayo Martinez for being our guest on today's episode. Um, please be sure to check out the show notes to find out what equipment and gear and software we talked about today. Thanks again to today's sponsor, Wiffles Hybrids. Now, as I mentioned before, this is the final episode of my mini series of Let's Talk Gear. You can go back and listen to each episode. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact me. I can certainly pass those along. So now I'll turn it over to my co-host, Holly Spangler, for the next episodes. Again, I'm Kelsey Litchfield. Thanks for listening.